Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? It's John Chicklefocked on New York Rangers, and today we are going to be continuing an off-season series that we're doing here where we take a look at the best and worst-case scenario for every single player on the New York Rangers. Certainly the 20 that I project will be out there on opening night will be covered uh, throughout this off-season here over the span of a couple of different episodes. We'll probably do some bonus players as well, guys, that might be in and out of the lineup healthy scratches on certain nights. Uh, maybe they start the season, the AHL, things like that. But we're going to cover every corner here and uh, talk about every single player that could impact this New York Ranger team for the better or for the worse this season. And we will be doing that in just a second here. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so as mentioned, we're going to basically just keep moving it along here, kind of pick up where we picked up uh, from yesterday when we talked about what I consider to be the Rangers' first line of the season, uh, at least to start the season, what I think will be the trio that makes up the first line. In yesterday's episode, if you missed it, that was episode 430. We covered Capo Caco, we covered Alexi Lafreniere, and we covered Mika Zibanejad. And today we're just going to keep this thing rolling with what I believe will probably be the Rangers' second line to start the season. Obviously, this stuff can fluctuate. They can juggle the lines as the season goes. Who knows? Maybe the Rangers will go with something radically different than what I'm projecting to be the second line here. But I think this is a prediction that makes sense. And without further ado, I believe this Rangers' second line will consist of Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Vitaly Kravtsov. I should also mention before we really dive into this thing that it's Saturday afternoon as I'm recording this here. Uh, the Rangers scrimmage the Flyers at three today, and that is less than an hour away. So definitely looking to uh, you know tune into that whenever we're done recording here. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit in our next episode as well. But let's go ahead and uh, get this thing rolling with Artemi Panarin. And I got to be honest, guys, coming up with a worst case scenario for Artemi Panarin is pretty difficult. It's pretty challenging. And really, before we go any further, I should also preface this entire thing by saying that no matter whether it's Artemi Panarin or whoever the 20th player on the Ranger roster might be to start the season, a worst case scenario is that player getting injured. But we're not going to call any attention to that. First of all, I don't want to jinx anything. And secondly, I think it pretty much goes without saying that uh, some kind of debilitating injury is the worst case scenario for any player on the Rangers, any player on hockey, anybody who plays professional sports for a living. But for Artemi Panarin, again, I mean, you guys tell me, what, what's the worst thing that can possibly happen with Artemi Panarin this season? You know, recently we did a, a very special off-season uh, collaboration between all the locked-on NHL hosts, and what we did was we ranked the top 50 players in the NHL. We all voted, we all ranked our guys, and Artemi Panarin on that list was number seven. Now, that sounded a little bit low for me. I, I think he should be probably at least in the top five, but... I guess if we're going to try to throw out something in a worst case scenario here, maybe there's a situation where Artemi Panarin isn't in the top 10 at the end of the season. And I really don't think that's going to happen. I seriously doubt it. But I do remember looking at that top 10 list and I don't have it in front of me right now. But I remember thinking like, you know, besides one and two, uh, you know, three through 10, they're all pretty interchangeable. You can make a case for ranking those guys in just about any order. So I guess in an absolute worst case, maybe Panarin isn't quite a top 10 player at the end of this season. But again, I really, really doubt it. And I guess for kind of an off the wall worst case scenario, I suppose it's at least possible that Artemi Panarin could be the subject of another political hit piece. We saw what happened this past season. And if there's people that are 
willing to drag Artemi Panarin's name through the mud just because he had the temerity to speak out about a situation in his home country. If people are willing to do that once, I wouldn't put it past them to do it a second time. So I guess something like that could happen. I, I hope that it doesn't. That was obviously, you know, really bad. And, you know, those accusations seem to have no truth to them, uh, no foundation to them. You always kind of withhold judgment a little bit because you never know 100% sure, but uh, no, any kind of credible evidence uh, came to pass throughout that whole thing. So uh, obviously, we hope that nothing like that ever happens again to Artemi Panarin, who, by all accounts, uh, an upstanding gentleman and, and somebody that, you know, is one of the good guys in the NHL. So that's pretty much it. For best case scenario, you know, it's funny. This offseason, I feel like I've talked about Artemi Panarin about as little as any player on this New York Ranger roster. And it's certainly not out of malice or disrespect or anything like that. But, you know, Artemi Panarin, as much as any player on this Ranger team and really any player in the NHL, you know what you're getting for. You know what you're signing up for. You know this guy is going to go out there. He's going to elevate those around him. He's going to produce just an absolute ton of points. And he's going to be the, one of the most exciting players in the NHL. I mean, that's basically just how it goes. But I'll take everything a step further here. Let's say... Artemi Panarin, in a best-case scenario, I think he can lead the NHL in points. I think he could be the best player in the NHL. Uh, not one of the best, the absolute best. I think in a best-case scenario, that is certainly within the realm of possibility. Now, there might be people who hear that, and they say, well, you know, John, I mean, did you see the season that Connor McDavid had this past season? What was it, like 105 points in 56 games, something insane like that? Uh, yes, I did see it, and I was completely in awe of it, but... This kind of stuff can fluctuate. The guys at the very, very top of the league as far as who the best player in the NHL is, that can change season to season. And if you guys remember, uh, not after the season that just concluded, but the one before that, the three nominees for the Hart and the Ted Lindsay Award, it was the same three guys for both those awards. Connor McDavid was not one of them. His teammate Leon Dreisaitl was, Nathan McKinnon was, and Artemi Panarin was. And I think coming into this past season, just about everybody probably would have said that the best player in the NHL is Nathan McKinnon. And I think there still might be people who say that, but if you look at the season that just happened and you just go by points and you go by the eye test and anything else, it was Connor McDavid. So this stuff can all fluctuate. You know, maybe it's Leon Dreisaitl's turn uh, to be the best player in the NHL. Maybe it's Artemi Panarin's turn. Maybe uh, Connor McDavid sort of holds onto the crown or Nate, maybe Nathan McKinnon gets back in there. Maybe there's somebody we're not even talking about, Ovechkin and Crosby. You know, maybe they turn back the clock and one of them has one more, you know, just absolutely legendary season. Go a lot of different ways, but I think certainly in a best case scenario, Absolutely within the realm of possibility that Artemi Panarin is an MVP nominee, if not the MVP winner. I think something else that could happen for Panarin in a best case scenario, he sets a new career high in goals because as lethal as he is, as dangerous as he is when he's got the puck on his stick, I've always kind of looked at Panarin as a little bit of a pass first guy. You know, this Ranger team, Panarin included, sometimes these guys can be selfless to a fall and everybody wants to, you know, set up their buddy for, you know, an easy tap and goal, all that good stuff. Uh, sometimes you got to be a little bit selfish and you got to let it rip. And I think Panarin, if he does that, and even if he doesn't do that, quite frankly, he has a good to great chance to set a new career high in goals. His previous best is 32 goals. He scored 32 goals in his uh, one of the seasons that he spent with the Rangers, and he accomplished the feat in just 69 games. That was two years ago, his inaugural season with the New York Rangers. Tell you what, man, you give Artemi Panarin a full 82, and I think he eclipses that. I think he goes past 32 goals and uh, might not even really be that close, quite frankly. I think if he pulls the trigger a little bit more often, and he's out there for all 82 or close to all 82, you'll see Artemi Panarin set a new career high in goals. And one last thing here is I think that, you know, he 
the, the Ranger power play. I, I kind of want to talk about the power play as a whole here. You know, they were 12th in the league last season. That's not bad at all. They succeed on 18.4% of their opportunities, a solid power play unit. But I think in a best case scenario for Artemi Panarin, he lifts this entire unit. I don't want to say single-handedly, but you guys have seen the way Artemi Panarin can take over hockey games. There's not a lot of people in the league that can take over games the way that Artemi Panarin does on a fairly frequent basis. And I think he alone can make this Ranger power play unit even more dangerous. Because anytime Panarin's got the puck, you know, whether it's um, 5v5 or whether it's on the man advantage, you can see, man, the defenders on that other team, uh, there's some trepidation. They don't really know what to do. They're, they're kind of nervous. They're gripping their sticks a little bit tighter. And, uh, you know, Artemi Panarin, just very, very dangerous player. And I think he can almost single-handedly make this power play unit maybe a top five unit in the entire league. When you look at Panarin himself and all the other talent that the Rangers have, uh, there's no reason why this man advantage should not be, I don't necessarily want to say they have to be the best in the league, but top five, top seven, certainly within reach for this New York Ranger team. And I think Artemi Panarin will be leading the charge if the Rangers do indeed pull that off. You know, I was going to say something about the captaincy, but Artemi Panarin the other day basically said that he wasn't really looking to be the captain and that he thinks there's other people on the team that are more deserving. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a future episode as well. But, you know, I give kudos to Panarin for being honest about the whole situation. And, you know, I'm sure at some point this offseason, we'll do what we've done a couple of times in the past, and that is a debate who should and could and ultimately will be the next captain of the New York Rangers. And we will get into the rest of the best and worst case scenarios for the rest of the players on this second line here, or what I project to be the second line. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Fantrax. All right, hockey fans. Now I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's Fantrax. Fantasy's free NHL fantasy hockey league manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today and as a special offer for Locked on Ranger fans, You'll be entered to win an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up. The top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry, Fantrax is the most customizable platform offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper and dynasty leagues. Create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Again, sign up for free and be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and finally, get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And we're going to keep everything moving right along here. 
and go to from the left wing to the center. And that's going to be Ryan Strom coming off a season where he played in 56 games, all 56, scored 14 goals, dished out 35 assists, had 49 points. He was a plus six overall, 22 hits and 18 block shots and really overcame just a brutally slow start to the season. I mean, you could say that for just about any player on the Rangers this past year, but Strom really struggled out of the gates and uh, turned in a pretty nice season for himself. I think in a worst case scenario, this is another one of those players where, you know, it could go either way year to year, although the more good seasons that Strom has with the Rangers, the more I begin to trust him. But I think in a worst case scenario, he sort of regresses to his career mean because he was not an especially productive player in the NHL uh, before he came to the Rangers. He had a pretty strong season with the Islanders. He had 50 points uh, with them back in 2014, 2015, but it had been a long time since he really got anywhere near that. And in fact, not since his second year with the Rangers did Strom ever get more than 34 points in a season. So somebody that had the look of a journeyman and just kind of a, you know, passable third line center. And he's really turned into a pretty nice player with the Rangers. Yes. Playing with Artemi Panarin helps, but Strom has certainly pulled his own weight uh, during these past three seasons or two and a half, as it were, that he spent with the New York Rangers. Um, you know, there is part of you that always waits for another shoe to drop with Ryan Strom. And again, he kind of regresses to his, uh, career mean and everything that he was doing before he came to the Rangers. Um, I would think in a worst case scenario, there could be a situation where Heedle eventually kind of leapfrogs him on the depth chart. I think even though Strom has been the better player than Heedle over these past couple of seasons, Heedle is younger, has more upside. If one of those two is going to develop into just a superstar in this league, I would think it would be Philip Heedle and not Ryan Strom. And that might be tantalizing if you're Gerard Gallant, if you're a member of this coaching staff, you might want to eventually get Heedle up there with Artemi Panarin, get him into a top six mix, and Ryan Strom could be the casualty of that. Uh, again, I already mentioned this, but Strom was one of many, many Rangers that got, got off to a slow start this past season. The flip side of that is that Philip Hedl was one of the very few Rangers that did not get off to a slow start. In fact, he hit the ground running this past season. And unfortunately, he got injured just five games into the season. Had he not gotten injured, and if everything had kept going the way that it was going uh, before uh, his injury then I think it's very possible the Rangers needed a spark. They needed some kind of a catalyst. And I get the feeling that it's at least possible that Heedle and Strom basically would have flip-flopped and you would have seen Philip Heedle jump up to the second line. Ryan Strom sort of get demoted down to the third line. And if that happens this season, uh, whether it's Heedle jumping Strom or anybody else, uh, that's not good for Strom. Obviously, the higher you are up in the lineup, the better of a chance you have to produce. And playing with Artemi Panarin has uh, obviously worked out quite nicely for Ryan Strom over these past couple of seasons here. Um... I think in another worst case scenario for Ryan Strom is that he gets traded before the season starts. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I know his name came up in trade rumors uh, a couple of times this offseason, but I think the Rangers are at the point now where they almost can't trade Ryan Strom because who centers the second line? And the only way that, that they could take care of that problem, that issue that would be caused by Strom being traded is you trade for a center. You put some kind of crazy package together for Jack Eichel or one of the other centers that we've talked about here on Locked on New York Rangers. But honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Ryan Strom is definitely going to be on the Rangers to start the season, probably through the whole season. We'll see what happens after that. I think one other thing that could happen for Ryan Strom in a worst case scenario is that he continues to take some sort of undisciplined penalties. I mean, I don't think he was the worst offender on the Rangers this past season or these past couple of seasons, but you guys have seen this as well as I have. Over the past couple of years, yeah, the Rangers, they do take some foolish penalties. They take some undisciplined penalties. 
they take some offensive zone penalties that they simply do not need to take. And Strom has been guilty of that at least a couple of times. So hopefully, you know, he's getting into his late 20s here. Uh, hopefully he can clean that up a little bit. Just be a little bit smarter in situations like that. Penalties are going to happen. You know, if you're trying to prevent a scoring opportunity or something like that, hey, it happens. But if you're behind the net of your opponent, you shouldn't be hooking people down to the ice. You just got to be a little bit more disciplined than that. And hopefully Ryan Strom can pull that off. I think in a best case scenario, we will see Ryan Strom have the best season of his NHL career. I think that's something that's definitely within reach. His last two seasons, the last two that he's played with the New York Rangers, fairly comparable. Uh, he had 49 points in 56 games this past season, 59 points in 70 games the season before that. So kind of knocking on the point per game plateau. And I think it's at least possible that he gets there. Now, for that to happen the Rangers would have to leave him and Artemi Panarin together on that second line. I don't think that Ryan Strom is a point-per-game player if he's not on the same line as Artemi Panarin. And, and Strom proved this past season that he can get the job done without Panarin. He did that when Strom, or excuse me, when Panarin was missing about three weeks due to that political hit piece that was put out against him. Ryan Strom really picked, a, picked his game up big for this team during that stretch. However, I don't think that can last for an entire 82 games. I think if Strom's going to be a point-per-game player, if that's really going to be within his reach, then he's going to have to be the line mate of Artemi Panarin. And we discussed in yesterday's episode, definitely check it out if you missed it, the idea of the Rangers potentially stacking the top line. Uh, you could put Panarin and Zibanejad and maybe Kako out there on the top line together. I'm still leaning a little bit against that, as I've discussed in the past. Uh, just like the idea of four different Ranger forwards getting the chance to play with either Panarin or Mika Zibanejad. And Ryan Strom, one of the guys that definitely benefits from that. And if he's going to be a point-per-game player, if you're going to get the absolute best out of Ryan Strom, I think you're probably going to get it with him once again playing on that same line with Artemi Panarin. I think an another thing that can happen in a best-case scenario for Strom is he continues to develop as a leader. I think this past season in particular, you saw some elements of leadership from Ryan Strom. I can remember a game getting toward the end of the this past season. The Rangers, there was a TV timeout and they were about to have an offensive zone draw, and Strom brought Panarin, and I think it was Kako. I think Kako was playing on the second line at the time. It's probably either him or Blackwell. But he brought everybody in and was kind of explaining to both of them, basically just kind of drawing up a play and saying, this is what we want to do. And they come back from the TV break, the puck drops, and they executed this play to perfection, and they scored a goal, and it was great. Everybody kind of had the look on their face like, yeah, you called it. You, you knew what to do there. And uh, it was just really cool. Something else, uh, you know, he got into a fight in that crazy Capitals game. Uh, you know, after all the Tom Wilson nonsense, Strom, obviously not the biggest guy out there, but he was not going to let that game conclude without getting into a fight with somebody. And even during the Tom Wilson game itself, you know, the Rangers have Panarin out there and they have Strom out there and they have Buchnevich out there. It's not exactly uh, the fourth line grinded out type of players. And, you know, there was that big fracas after the play and they're all grabbing each other. And, you know, Strom was right in the mix. He was trying to protect his guys. So I do like the fact that Strom has stepped up as a little bit of a leader in these past couple of seasons as well. I don't see him as a candidate for the, the captaincy or anything like that. But we did see him get rewarded uh, wearing an A for a handful of games last season when everybody on this team seemingly was either uh, injured or suspended. So, yeah, I just like the way Ryan Strom has developed as a leader. And I think he can continue that this season. And one last thing that I'll throw out there for Ryan Strom is I think in a best-case scenario, he really kind of steps up his game in the face-off circle. He did not have a good season on the dot this past season. He won just 43% of his draws. But in each of the two seasons before that, he had a 48% success rate on the dot. And I realize it's still less than half. Uh, hopefully in a big spot, you know, maybe you put Barclay Goodrow out there if you absolutely have to win a face-off because he's the only guy on the Rangers right now, I think, 
that is at better than 50% for his career. But I think Strom returning to like, you know, the mean, so to speak, and getting back to the 48% area. Um, I think that's certainly within his reach. I think that's something that he could and likely even will do. Got to remember a little bit of a small sample size this past season. I know he only won 43%, but they only played 56 games. Maybe if you play the full 82, uh, Strom would have gotten a little bit closer to 48%. And um, his numbers would have just been where they typically are in the faceoff circle. But that's an area where the Rangers definitely have to get better. And uh, hopefully Ryan Strom can uh, improve upon his 43% success rate last season. Because that's just not a very good percentage. Um, so we're going to get to... Let's see. We will get to Vitaly Kravtsov in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It's mint brownie. I mean, brownies are awesome to begin with. You put a little bit of a healthy spin on it, and you can sign me up all day for that. But if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from just 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, and as I was just talking about, let's just keep this thing rolling, kind of close out the second line for the day here, and we will do that by talking about Vitaly Kravtsov. And of course, you could make a case that, you know, maybe Kravtsov will start on the third line. Maybe they'll move Kreider from third line left wing to second line right wing. All the possibilities are on the table, but for the purposes of this exercise, let's just say Kravtsov's going to be out there on the second line. Uh, last season, joined the Rangers toward the end of the year, played 20 games, scored two goals, picked up two assists. He was a minus six overall, had seven hits and six block shots. And we'll start, as we always do, with a worst case scenario because it's always good to end on the, on the good stuff. I think, first of all, with Krasov, another one of those players where there's a pretty significant difference between his ceiling and his floor, he could really struggle, he could be outstanding, or anything in between. Just about anything is possible for Vitaly Krasov. But in a worst case scenario, I would say he probably just doesn't have a good training camp. He doesn't play so well in the preseason, and he's not out there on opening night. I mean, you got to believe with a new coaching staff, there's basically going to be an open tryout. Guys can go out there and claim roles. Uh, Julian Gauthier is somebody who's kind of the forgotten man for the Rangers. I can't see him leapfrogging Vitaly Krausov, but if we're talking absolute worst-case scenario, I suppose it's a possibility that's at least on the table. Um, but, you know, with Krasov, you know, the talent, the potential, the upside are all there. You got to go out and do it, though. You know, sooner or later, you got to produce for all those reasons I just mentioned. You got to figure this is going to be an open competition. If you want to roll in the top six, go get it. If you want a spot in the power play, go get it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of the nature of the beast when you're dealing with a new coach, a new GM, and a new coaching staff altogether. I think, um, you know, there could be a situation if Krasov does struggle in the training camp and in the preseason games where he has to start the season in the AHL. And you get the feeling he's probably not going to be very happy about that. If you guys remember, uh, he was drafted by the Rangers number nine overall back in 2018. A little bit of a chilly start between Krasov and the front office. I think, you know, Krasov, it wasn't quite Leas Anderson levels of bad, 
but there were some maturity issues. And I got the impression just based on the things that I read that maybe Krasov felt that it was beneath him to have to play in the AHL. Again, that's just me reading between the lines. He's never come out and actually said that, but you get what I'm saying here. And you know, that that's a possibility that if he doesn't perform in the training camp and in the preseason that he might be asked to start in the AHL. So uh, in a worst case scenario, that's what happens. I think also in a worst case scenario, he's unable to take advantage of playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. And you see somebody else uh, step into that role. Maybe, like I said, they go with Kreider on the right wing on that second line there. Or maybe somebody we're not even thinking about ends up uh, taking his spot there. That's a worst case scenario, though. I, for one, you know, I had to acknowledge absolutely the uh, worst case scenarios that could possibly manifest here. But I am very bullish on Vitaly Krasov for this season. I know a lot of people are talking about Kako and Lafreniere, maybe even Hedl to a lesser extent, rightfully so, all fantastically skilled players. The Rangers have a, a lot of eggs in the Kako basket and the Lafreniere basket. I think, in a best-case scenario, Vitaly Krasov absolutely goes off this season. I think the potential is there for a big-time breakout campaign, and I say that for several reasons. And let me also acknowledge one other thing, and also really quickly just kind of promote something that we're doing here at Locked On. The other day, uh, they were due on Friday, and we were all asked, all of us Locked On NHL hosts, we were all asked to submit a bold prediction for the upcoming season for our team. And, you know, I thought about saying, oh, well, you know, the Rangers are going to make the playoffs, but I don't think that's really that bold. I think that's just a very realistic goal and something that I frankly am expecting. I expect the Rangers to be a playoff team this season. So then it was like, all right, well, Let's look at some individual players. And then I thought, like, man, you know, Kraftsoff, he's kind of my sleeper. He's kind of my dark horse. I know that sounds kind of strange saying that about a player that was taken uh, number nine overall in the draft a few years ago, but he is a little bit of the forgotten man. I don't think too many non-Ranger fans know a whole heck of a lot about Vitaly Kraftsoff, but they could very easily find out this season. Something that I noticed in this past season, and I realized he only played 20 games. He only had four points. There's a certain electricity when Vitaly Krasov has the puck, at least for me watching these games. Every time he had the puck, not every time, but you guys know what I'm saying here. There were a lot of times where he had the puck and he just looked dangerous. Uh, there was some trepidation among defenders and it looked like, you know, he could make something happen. He, he's a tremendously skilled puck handler. And now that he's got some NHL experience under his belt, I think the sky really could be the limit for him going forward. Additionally, this is something else that works big time in Krasov's favor here. He's got a very good coach in Gerard Gallant. And one of Gallant's calling cards is that he really tends to get the most out of his players. Whether you're the bonafide superstar on this team or you're the 19th or 20th guy and you're only going to be out there for six, seven, eight minutes a night, uh, Gallant will find a way to get your absolute best. He can do that with anybody, regardless of their background, regardless of their skill set. Well, you give somebody like Gallant, somebody as talented as Vitaly Krasov, and I think that definitely bodes well for Krasov to really take a big step forward this next season. And finally, and I think this might be the most important reason that I'm going to throw at you guys here. Krasov, as we discussed, he's got a chance and he could even be the front runner to open the season, or if he doesn't open the season, get there in very short order as the second line right winger and play on the Panarin line and be out there with the Breadman and Ryan Strom. And when you look at the last couple of seasons, think of who Panarin has spent most of his time with on his line over these past two seasons with the New York Rangers. I mean, obviously at center, Strom, he's been Panarin's center for far more uh, time than anybody else has. And Strom was looking every bit the part of just, uh, you know, a, a random NHL journeyman. And Artemi Panarin has really elevated Ryan Strom over these past couple of seasons and turned him into a rock-solid, bonafide, second-line NHL center. So you got that. And then 
you think back to Panarin's first season with the Rangers, who was on the right wing? Well, that would be Jesper Foss. And Panarin got a career season out of Jesper Foss, who is mostly known as a defensive forward. He set a new career high in points and really kind of, you know, got involved in the offense a little bit. And I think obviously Artemi Panarin kind of led the way there. What about this past season? Well, it was Colin Blackwell. Raise your hand if you had ever heard of Colin Blackwell before the Rangers signed him uh, before this past season just started. And everybody that's got your hand up, put it down because you are lying. There's no way anybody knew anything about Colin Blackwell. A complete afterthought when he came to the Rangers was just going to be expansion draft fodder. And then he ends up being, you know, again, a bonafide top six forward because he's out there with Artemi Panarin. I mean, look, all these guys did it a little bit themselves, Strom, Foss, and, uh, and Blackwell. But you got to believe they all benefited greatly from playing with Artemi Panarin. And I don't think any of those players, with apologies and all respect due to all three of those players, none of them are nearly, none of them has anywhere near the raw talent, the raw ability, the raw skill that Vitaly Kravtsov has. So if he ends up logging significant minutes on that Panarin line, the sky is the absolute limit. And we could see a big time breakout season from Vitaly Kravtsov. And the only other thing that I want to do here today, guys, before we uh, wrap up for the day, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of former Ranger Lou Angoti or Angati. I've been hearing Angoti. I do apologize if that's not being pronounced correctly. Uh, most of the videos that I watched, that I tracked down, that was the pronunciation of uh, the first one that I gave there, Angoti, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, he spent the first two seasons of his NHL career with the Rangers, ended up playing 91 total games on the team. Uh, he passed away at 83, by the way. I should probably say that as well. Uh, scored 11 goals with the Rangers, had 10 assists. Also ended up playing for the Blackhawks, Flyers, Penguins, the Blackhawks again, and finally the Blues, 653 career NHL games, 103 goals, 186 assists, 289 points. He also played another 65 Stanley Cup playoff games, eight goals and eight assists. And he made the Stanley Cup finals twice as a member of the Blackhawks, though they were unfortunately defeated both times when they made it to the finals. And of course, all of our best wishes, our condolences uh, to the family and friends of Lou and Goti. And so uh, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. We will continue this off-season series of best-case and worst-case scenarios. Going to look to get some guests on the show for you guys as well. And, of course, we've got our Locked On Rangers Fantasy League coming up as well. So very, very excited for everything that's uh, ahead of us. Definitely going to check out a little bit of the Rangers scrimmage probably as soon as I stop recording here. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.